0: Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last ten years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Me, welcome on Minister Kevin Ewing. Minister Kevin, how are you doing tonight? I am super, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to have you on. As you know, my chat has been saying we gotta get him back on, bring him back on. And so I just wanna say I honor you, I appreciate you, I love your humility. I think, you know, last time we were together, it was just such a smooth flow. It was so awesome what god did i believe tonight's going to be no different i believe it's going to be even greater than last time and so i just appreciate you getting on here talking about defeating and overcoming witchcraft i think a lot of people especially where i'm at and you could speak on behalf of the bahamas but in america we never talk about witchcraft in the church we never address it we never talk really about how the enemy is violently warring against the church how he uses witchcraft to advance his kingdom if you guys don't know witchcraft is the way satan advances his kingdom and right now As we're on this broadcast, this call, there's people that are doing witchcraft. There's people that are right now praying, that are astral projecting, that are doing seances. My brother, John Ramirez, would always say, When he was in witchcraft, he would say eight hours a day we would do um, rituals and we'd pray to Satan and all the stuff they do. And he said, and it blew my mind how Christians don't pray. They aren't dedicated. They're not serious about God. And so we have to realize there's a real battle, guys. Like the same way we train and we equip, there's witches, warlocks, high priests out there training, equipping. There's a war going on. The devil's violently fighting us and we can't be ignorant. So tonight, this is what we're going to talk about. I'm just going to cut you loose, Minister Kevin, and feel free to flow how you want to flow. And, man, I just want to say I honor you, appreciate you having you on and talking about this topic tonight. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. All awesome, right. awesome. Sorry. I know, guys, we're having a little bit of trouble here on Discord, but we're going to get through it here. But, yeah, I just want to cut you loose, man. Feel free to go however you want to go, whatever direction. We'll just flow with it. Super excited to have you on.
1: Okay, beautiful. Isaiah, it's great to be back on again. I am excited. I'm sure the listening and watching audience are also excited about this topic tonight. I want to thank everyone that came on. I feel uh, very, very good about this. Let me just make some notes here. And tonight, of course, we're going to be discussing defeating and overcoming witchcraft. This is a topic that is, uh, like my brother would have said earlier, it is not discussed much, much in church. I'm about to make a very, very controversial statement, but I would like to say right now that the church has been the uh, forerunner in assisting the kingdom of darkness with the progression of witchcraft. Now, you may say, Kevin, that's a heavy statement. How could you make a statement like that? Well, the Bible assisted me in that, and the Bible says that my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So if you have religious leaders who are responsible for teaching you the spiritual things, and because they do not believe in witchcraft or dismiss it or what have you and see the need to keep you ignorant to it, then the devil has a massive advantage over you. And, and that takes us to this point tonight. I'm honest, my first scripture tonight is going to be my favorite scripture, and that is Proverbs 11, verse 9b. Proverbs 11, verse 9b. And 9b would be the latter part of that scripture. And it says, through knowledge... Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. How, how? How is the just? How are you going to be delivered from witchcraft, delivered from poverty, delivered from mental issues, financial issues? How? Is it, does someone drop a sack of money to you? Someone with, how is it going to happen? Well, the scripture makes it very much clear. Your deliverance, the initiation of your deliverance, no matter what it is you're going to be delivered from, The prerequisite to that deliverance is going to be the acquiring, point number one, of knowledge, and number two, the application of that knowledge. People say all the time that knowledge is power. I beg to differ. The application of that knowledge is power. Because you could have that knowledge all you want if you do absolutely nothing with it, and there would be no change and no success, no nothing in your life. So the scripture is very clear here. Proverbs 11 verse 9b. Through the knowledge, and this specific knowledge is the knowledge of the Holy Scriptures. That brings me to my second point. That being the case, and like anyone that follows me, you know I'm an avid lover of the Scriptures. Why? Because the Bible is the constitution of the entire creation. That, that includes the this physical realm that we on, as well as the unseen or the spiritual world that we refer to it as. That Bible has all of the rules, the laws, the principles, the ordinance, the spiritual protocols that we ought to follow in order to be successful in life. Or even if we want to fail, the Bible is the standard book for all of that, right? Now, with that said, the Bible now becomes to you and I either a book of prevention or a book of cures. Can you explain that, Mr. Ewing? Well, this is how it is. If I follow the rules of that Bible, the laws, the ordinance, the precepts, the commandments of God, if I f- do exactly what he requires me to do through his constitution, his book, his laws, then I will be able to prevent the attack of the enemy on my life. If I choose not to follow it and dismiss it altogether, which means that I will inevitably become Involved in sickness, disease, and all these other stuff. Now I got to go look through the scriptures for a cure. So, that being said, we must attack, not attack, but, but use the Bible as a preventative. Let's follow this rule to get this particular end result. So, this is what the enemy now uses for us who are, are tied down by witchcraft, who are bound by sorcery. And that is It's missing the scriptures altogether. It's causing us not to be aware of the rules, the regulations, and the laws of the scriptures. Like I would have said in all of my teachings again, I can repeatedly say to you, everything is governed by a rule, a law, a principle. Nothing on this planet, seen or unseen, uh, has its own way. It, It is some way, somehow, engaging the rules of that scripture, whether they're aware of it or not, is giving them the consistent result that they're receiving all the time now uh, why am i starting out with this topic with these rules and so on now let's look at another rule let's go to psalms chapter 94 and let's look at verse 20. psalms 94 verse 20 because what this is going to show us now is that the enemy satan the kingdom of darkness has to abide by these same rules <laughs> okay he he doesn't have a, a separate rule book he, he, he has to use these rules, but the way that he uses it is that he manipulates you or he causes you to be ignorant or put people in your life that will pull you away from the Word of God or insert their own rules because the day you dilute, pollute, add, or take away from the Word of God anymore. So let's be clear there. So whatever rules you follow, You are adding or taking away as it relates to scripture. Then this this is this is of the devil. This has nothing to do with God. So in Psalms ninety-four verse twenty, listen very carefully. It says, "Shall the throne of iniquity talk about Satan's kingdom now have fellowship with thee or with us?" The answer to that is absolutely no. There should be no fellowship with us in the kingdom of darkness. Watch what it says next. It says next, "Which frame it." mischief by law. The Bible is telling us, all right, at the kingdom of darkness, whether they're coming at you with witchcraft, sorcery, whatever evil they're doing, they're not arbitrarily doing it. They're not just throwing stones in hope that it hits you. No, they're very legalistic, and whatever they do, it is surrounding the laws of God, but primarily to get you, the victim, to break the law. The minute you break the law, you are automatically giving the kingdom of darkness access to your life. There's no two ways about it. The minute you, and especially if you're unrepentant about it, you're consistently doing it, which is now upgraded from a sin to an iniquity, then the kingdom of darkness have the full right to manipulate your life or whatever the case may be. So with that said, It brings us now to defeating witchcraft. Many people email me, many people I speak with. And of course, whenever they talk about witchcraft and so on, they say, well, Kevin, I feel somebody have a fix on me, somebody have roots on me, I feel someone are sending witchcraft attacks at me, blah, blah, blah. And the minute they speak from that level, I already know the level of spiritual understanding that they're on. Because any verse person in the scriptures or in the spiritual laws and rules arena, automatically knows that in order for witchcraft to be effective in my life, there has to be a spiritual opening in my life. There has to be some active, unrepentant sin in my life. And if that's not the case, then there's some curse in my bloodline, That is giving these spirits the right. I'm sure uh, my brother Isaiah could attest to this. Of course, in many of us deliverance service, when you're casting out a devil, sometimes that demon would speak to that person and say, Hey, we own this person through the family lineage or someone's soul or did some sacrifice in the past that gave us right to this family. This is just another piece of evidence to show you the legality of these invisible forces and how much they use these laws to enslave their victims. So when the victim doesn't know this, the victim then seeks any and every means possible to free themselves when the reality is they're tying themselves more. So they will go to a Sangoma Those uh, Voodoo people in Africa, they will go to the high priestess or some uh, 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 sorcery person. They're they're literally going to the... This is what ignorance do to you. You go to the kingdom of darkness to be released from that same kingdom that has you bound. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? You're going... Someone, Some Christian friend is telling you, Child, I believe that they have roots on you. They have something on you. But I have this friend who could take this off of you. So you're thinking there's some religious person. No, they take you in the back of some wooded area and this person is asking you to to partake of some kind of ritual in order to break this thing that they have on you. You don't hear about Jesus, you don't hear about God, you hear nothing about the Bible, but yet they're doing these things and asking you to drink it or rub it on you or doing the spiritual bath or having you doing these particular ceremonies. And what you don't know, you're putting another band of wickedness around you, oppressing you even further. This is what ignorance does to you. So the Bible now says, according to Hosea 4 and 6, he says, Hey, listen to me again, my people perish. Why are they perishing? Because they lack this knowledge. Up and down, seeking solutions from people who have every trick to perform to them except leading them them to the Constitution. What does the Constitution, what does the Holy Bible says about this particular situation? And what protocols do I follow to break the invisible holes off of my life so that I can be released into my physical destiny? Because that is where the origin of your bondage is. The origin of your bondage isn't what you see. That is the after effect of what has already been done to you spiritually. So you need the spiritual book, which is the Holy Bible, to now guide you and lead you in what you need to be doing to break the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burden, to set you free of all of the yokes that the enemy had the advantage of levying on you. Why? Because you unknowingly became a co-conspirator of your own demise through your lack of knowledge. The Bible says to us in Isaiah 5 verse 13, it says that my people are gone into captivity or bondage. And he's talking spiritually here again. And why? Why? Because they lack knowledge. So Isaiah, Hosea is repeating to us, you, witchcraft... The the effect of witchcraft in your life isn't because of the power of the sangoma. It isn't because of the power of the person working it. It isn't even because of the power of the spirit they're sending after you. The power of witchcraft is because of your ignorance. The minute you understand this and begin to apply the word of God, you will see just who run the show up in there. And I speak from experience. So this is what we need to know. How do we become equal? How do we break it? Well, first we need to know what we're dealing with. We cannot be subscribing to churches and pastors and preachers and apostles and teachers who says, hey, look, witchcraft is only real if you believe it's real. Well, if that is the case, then the sky is only real as long as I have it in my head. The minute I dismiss it, the sky should disappear. Nonsense, foolishness. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, forget that. Even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe that there is a spiritual world, how could you not believe that there's a devil there also? How could you not believe that not only is there a devil, but he have such firmware and software, such as sorcery, which is the conveyor belt of his evil, and this is what he's using to constantly enslave the masses and to make them spiritual slaves to his kingdom. So we have to be knowledgeable as to how this enemy operates. So going back now to Psalms 94 verse 20, and it says that the, the throne of iniquity uh, establishes their uh, evil by law. Satan is trying, if, if I could get Kevin to break the law, if I could get him to fornicate and lie, and not just fornicate and lie once, I'm trying to get him to enjoy it to the fact that he he becomes totally are dismissive of even repenting anymore. This is where this, this the enemy now comes in to take full advantage of Kevin because everything is in place to shut him down. Now let me bring this all together for you. Let me prove this to you. Let's go to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. And let's look at verse uh, 18 to 21. Numbers 23, verse 18 to 21. Now, this is very interesting and I love this. I love this, and I'm speaking to people right now who was oppressed by witchcraft, who, oh, and those of you who were once under the bondage of it, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now, right? And I just want to make clear to you, the power of witchcraft is embedded in your ignorance your lack of knowledge when you don't know in hindsight when i look back at my life and i thank god for what i went through i look back at my life and i say only if i had only known this right here if i only knew these principles and rules i could have shut this down a long time ago i believe god was a part of me not knowing it at the time to gather all of the information to minister to people like you today all right so numbers chapter 23 beginning at verse 18 and we're going to read to verse 21 it says and he took up parable and said rise up Balak and hear. Hearken unto me thou son of Zippor. Uh, Who is this now? This is Balaam whom Balak the king of the Moabites had summoned to come and levy witchcraft or a curse over the children of Israel. The children of Israel are now down in the valley. Uh, Balak uh, this witchcraft guy and, and, and Balaam And the elders of Moab were all up there with these different altars, performing rituals. And the whole idea of it is to send spirits or assign evil spirits to to the tribe of Israel, to the the nation of Israel down in the valley. Now, what is interesting here is this guy, Balaam, who has been summoned by Balak to come and curse Israel, had tried a number of times to curse them or to work witchcraft on them. It would not work. It was kind of strange because I think in uh, verse 22, it's chapter 22 of the same numbers, it says how Balak, the king of the Moabites, spoke so highly of him and specifically said, I was told that whoever you curse is and whomever you bless is blessed. But of course, Balaam was a man of sorcery. Anyway, after failing so much times, He's now uh, saying to Balak, the king of the Moabites, why he could not be successful with levying witchcraft on this group of people. So in verse 19, it says, he's saying now, this is Balaam saying to Balak, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Or had he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I, Balaam, have received commandments... Not an opinion, not a suggestion. I have received commandments specifically from God to bless. And he had blessed and I cannot reverse it. So listen to the scripture carefully. Balaam is saying, God tell me to bless this people whom you, Balak, the king of the Moabites, is requesting me to curse. Then he goes on and says, he which is God hath or had already past tense blessed ed past tense and i cannot revoice it so the scripture is saying if god has blessed you no man could curse you however this is the key there's a qualifier don't just quote that scripture you don't just say child i'm not checking because whom god blessed, no man could curse no you better sit down sit down why because there are protocols there are laws and rules that the one who is blessed is in participating in for God to label that person as the blessed person. But you're not blessed because you say you're blessed. You are blessed because you're following the rules. You are blessed because you're following the principles. You are blessed because you're doing the ordinance. So the scripture says, I, 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 I receive commandment to bless, present tense, because God had already blessed them. Why did he bless them though? So this is why you're going to now look at yourself. When you say, someone got me fixed. Someone got roots on me. Calm down. Look at you. Don't look at who's doing it. Don't look at why they're doing it. You don't talk about the jealousy and competition nonsense. That's foolishness. Why is it that the sorcery is working on you? Why is it that you are, as a child of God, holy ghost filled, back flipping and swinging on the chandelier in church, why are you being affected? Why is your, your children being affected by witchcraft? Let's read further. So verse 21 of Numbers 23 says, He, which is God, because he's explaining now why God had blessed past tense the nation of Israel and why the sorcery that Balak and Balaam and the crew could not work on them. So verse 21 says, He, which is God, have not beheld or saw any iniquity in Jacob, which would have been the children of Israel. So he's showing you the qualifier and how one who could say, uh, whom God has blessed, no man could curse. Because the one whom God has blessed is following the rules. So if you say to me, Kevin, my leg is swelling and I believe this witchcraft, I saw some crows outside or the snake was to my door and Kevin, I'm feeling all of this effects. Why? What is it in your life? What is going on in your life that is giving this thing, this entity who formed their mischief by law, what is it in your life that's giving them the right to shut you down? Because they cannot do it outside of the law. So he says here, verse 21 of Numbers 23, he have not seen or beheld iniquity in Jacob I don't see no wrong they look like they're following all the rules the laws the ceremonial sacrifices the the the, the sheep I mean stuff they're doing all of that he had beheld no iniquity in Jacob neither have he seen any perverseness in Israel the Lord is his God sorry the Lord the Lord his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them okay let's drop to verse 23 surely uh-huh there is no enchantment, witchcraft, ritual, voodoo, uh, santeria, sorcery against Jacob. So what does he say? Nothing can work against them. Why? Why? How come? Because God saw no iniquity in them, meaning they're following the laws of God. They're repenting for every time they mess up. They're not holding malice and unforgiveness and spitefulness and bitterness. There's no legal ground for the enemy who forges his mischief by law to have legal access to their life. So they brought in the great Sangoma, Balam, who just whooped up seven altars. And he did that three times, which made it a total of twenty-one altars. But he was—he was, he was summoning the spirits, but they could go no further. Why? Because the, the according to the word of God, they can—they—they cannot—they cannot go beyond what God has commanded. He could look, he could intimidate. Nothing is happening. So the Bible says here in verse 23 of Numbers 23, Surely there is no enchantment or witchcraft against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What had God done? So you see here, and I could just shut this whole teaching down right here. The evidence is very clear here. If witchcraft is in your life, if Doing stuff on your job and it's affecting you. If you're feeling lost, forgetful, fearful, ask yourself before you said the before you say these people are so wicked and they always work in voodoo and obey and all this other foolishness you run over Look at you, Lord. What is it in my life? And I can assure you, more than 98% of the times when I deal with these things, and people come to me with these questions, Kevin. I'm a Christian, how come this is happening? And for the most part, when we would have already look through their life, it is always more than likely unforgiveness. But you see, they don't see that as a big sin. You know what they say to me? Well, Kevin, I haven't committed abortion. I haven't murdered anybody. I don't, you know, and I don't, I don't take from nobody, and I'm always giving to the poor. That's all beautiful. Okay? But unforgiveness is a sin just like those other sins. And if you have not addressed that sin, then the kingdom of darkness forges their uh, evil by the rules of God have a right to your life now, so don't be shocked now when all of these things start to uh, break loose in your life. Okay, now watch this. I want us to go here now to uh, let's go to Proverbs. we now, Proverbs twenty-six, verse two. Proverbs twenty-six and verse two. And all I'm showing you tonight are the rules. That's so all I'm showing you, the rules. This is what you need to know. You're not just a Christian. You're not just, hey, are you a believer? Yeah, I'm a Christian, and I love Jesus. Okay, are you, are you following his rules? Because every system is governed by a rule. Every system is governed by laws. Are you following it to get what that system or organization or whatever promises you? Are you following their policy? Are you Because do- if you're not, and you are susceptible to the outside forces to overtake you. So Proverbs 26, verse 2 Uh, Let's look at part B. And it says, so the curse causeless shall not come. Again, it's only adding to what I said already. If there are curses in your life, according to the scripture, there must be a cause for it. Oh, see, (laughs) if if what I am saying is not true, and there were no rules and no laws, and nothing could stop a, a, a demon from entering you, demons should be able to just jump on you with no warning no nothing and just invade your life but that cannot happen because of the rules whether you're saved or not the rules stop them and whose rules god rules his laws his principles that would have stopping you stopping them and they they're hoping that you mess up they're hoping that you break the law same thing with eve he had satan had no if satan was so powerful Why didn't he just jump into Eve? Why did she have to go eat a fruit and do all of these things? Why couldn't he just go there and do what he wanted to do? He couldn't because of the rules. And again, he is the prime example of uh, 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 Psalms 94 verse 20. He's forming his mischief by law. How could I bring mischief to Eve's life? Well, a law. The law was you must not eat the fruit. But Satan, I'm going to frame it for her to, to break that now by convincing her why God don't want her to do it. And what did he do eventually? He succeeded. So his mischief, he he didn't come with a new set of rules. He didn't open up his book and look to paragraph six, subsection four of the rule book of Satan, no. The same rules that God put in place, all he's doing is somehow uh, tricking men, uh, manipulating them to go against the laws of God. And once we go against the laws of God, now he says, okay, now I'll take over from here. And that is how it works. So in Proverbs 26, verse 2b, it says that a curse causeless or a curse without a cause cannot descend upon you. Let's go back to Balaam and Balaam and the children down in the valley, the children of Israel. They were sending curses, but the curses could proceed not beyond that altar. Why? Because there was not a cause for it. If they were doing nonsense and not repenting, then nothing could have stopped those curses from coming. So this is where we the believer have to dismiss these so-called preachers who are telling you, because sometimes I wonder if they work for the kingdom of darkness. How could you tell somebody witchcraft isn't real or it is only real if you believe in it? That's equivalent to saying Jesus isn't real and he's only real if you believe in it. Everything has an opposite in life. Just how there's good, there's bad. Just how there's a God, there's a devil. So if somebody is telling you because of their erroneous beliefs that, oh, you shouldn't be believing in this stuff here, they are putting you at a disadvantage. Why? Because when Satan comes to attack, because you lack knowledge, you have no idea by what you are doing. You are conspiring with your killer to kill you. Just like with Eve. So we have to be cognizant of, cognizant of what the scripture is, te- not someone's policy, not some church belief. If that is not coming from the death I'm giving you the scriptures to show you the laws, the rules, the principles on how we shut down sorcery. And that's what I want to make here is simply this. There are those though who put sorcery on the pedestal. For example, if you go to some Christians and you say, man, I believe somebody is doing some witchcraft on my marriage or whatever. And they would talk about witchcraft, like, oh, oh you need to be, oh, you got to be careful, child. You gotta. Now, now, you got to be careful what they're advising you to do. Because even here in the islands, and I'm sure in America and all over the world that's listening to me right now, be careful of people who is giving remedies, solutions, and so on, that is contrary to Scripture. Why are you telling me that in order to keep evil spirits out of my house, evangelist Mary, I must get purchase a bottle of ammonia and pour it around the borders of my home and get some garlic cloves and put it on my in my clothing on my person and this is going to keep the evil spirits away. What what, what scripture where in Hosea or Ezekiel can I find where Ezekiel was going into a place and they had a bunch of sorcery there and he just went to the garlic tree, forget the scriptures, and just show it to me. Why are they telling you to mop your floor with turpentine? Why All of these omens, you are subscribing to the kingdom of darkness. And all the kingdom of darkness is looking for is, Just let me know when they're defying the word of God. Now we're going to move in. So, in a nutshell, let me give it to you this way. Witchcraft is where you have a practitioner, which is a voodoo worker, a sangoma, a practitioner of Santeria, the middle person, the one who's at the altar, and you coming seeking whatever solution. They're the mediator between you, the physical world, and the spiritual world. So through the process of divination, the spirits whom they've covenanted with, familiar spirits, they are now able to communicate with them. In turn, they begin to communicate with you. So you came to the altar now looking for some solution, whether you came there to take some evil off of you, or you want to put evil on somebody, whatever it is. So they're going to get you to uh, be a part of a covenant which will not appear to be a covenant to you. that is whatever they're requiring you to do and you do it this is the basis of the covenant so you are now ignorantly tied to that altar no matter what solution you came here for as a result of that that altar and the spirits of that altar can now be projected at you now think about this you came to this altar because you have some kind of sickness that you felt somebody did to you so you came here you did the chicken sacrifice you did the the sprinkling of blood all this foolishness you did that right so you walk away with the belief that uh you okay you drank something or they give you the spiritual bath what you don't know when you did that especially the spiritual bath you washed away your virtue you washed away what you were supposed to be only to be replaced now again with an evil destiny So witchcraft is literally sending spirits by a practitioner at a specific individual, at a home, at an organization, or whatever it is, whether it's a spirit of confusion, poverty, you will know because you're going to see the negative patterns in that particular individual, group, organization, or whatever the case may be. Now, this is all happening as a result of the victim either knowingly or ignorantly agreeing to being a part of this altar, which gives these spirits the right to affect them. But remember now, you're not going to God for the solution. You came to the kingdom of darkness, and you knew this. And I'm specifically talking to Christians, because many Christians during my counseling session admitted that they at one point went to see some tarot card reader. They read some silly horoscope or something to do with the world of darkness, I'm like, why would you do that if you profess to be a believer of Jesus Christ? But at the same time, I'm not shocked. And i kind of a little easy on them because the churches that they go to dismiss all of this. So it leaves them in this curiosity type state. Let me, nothing is happening here. Let me go seek somewhere else. I don't give one my seed and all this stuff. Let me go somewhere else. So with that said, let's quickly go you to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to read from verse 14. Deuteronomy 28, beginning at verse 14. Listen what he says. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day. Don't go to the right, do not go to the left. Listen specifically what he's saying. Don't go to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, he didn't just say don't go to the left, don't go to the right. No, he specifically said don't go to the left or the right seeking a specific thing and that is seeking other gods. Other gods here would simply mean these are the demonic deities that the people of the occult world serve. So even though you may go there and you see a table or altar, or you see some statues or some fruits and stuff on a particular table, know for sure there's a spirit at that table, and it is not a spirit from God. So God is telling them through Moses, the children of Israel, he's talking to his people now, he's saying, do not, do not, participate in any form of evil. And the main reason here is when you do that, you're giving them right to your life. So after he made this rule to them, he said he made this proclamation to them, right? Listen to verse 15. He says, but it shall come to pass, if thou will not hearken or listen unto the voice of the Lord thy God, meaning that you dismiss verse 14. You don't want nothing to do with his rules, his regulation. You're going to seek another God or another deity, okay, to replace the God of Abraham. He says, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Then what? What is going to happen if I dismiss the laws of God? What is going to happen if I don't follow the rules? What is going to happen if I go and seek St. Gomas? What is going to happen to me? He said, now all these curses shall come upon thee and do what? Overtake thee. So witchcraft in its essence is a curse. But it is a curse as a result of what? What is the real reason why? It is a curse because somewhere along the line, the rules of God has been violated, dismissed, put aside. And this is why people get angry with me and I tell them if you go into a church that is going against the laws of God and they're telling you things that is not in that Bible and they're creating them and developing their own kingdom, run for your life. Why? Because you are participating in something that God told you not to. Do not go against my rules. When you go against my rule, you are susceptible for sorcery. You are susceptible for divorce. You are susceptible for sickness. You are opening up the channels to your life that was once closed. As long as you followed the rules, they're now open now. So any attack could come on you now. Run for your life. I don't care what you love, your pastor, your apostle. I don't care. He or she is a devil if they're telling you to go against the laws of God. I had a situation a couple of years ago, this young lady, I was counseling, and she came to me in desperation, someone had recommended her to come to see me, and she told me how she was having these strange stuff going on in her home, and it was very difficult to tell people this because they were like supernatural stuff. She went to a pastor, she didn't say it was her pastor, but she went to a pastor right here on the island. And the pastor said to her, never prayed for her, okay, never opened up a scripture, never gave her the word of God. You know what he told her? He said, when you go back home, sweetie, you, you, in fact, you have any salt home? Okay, you go get some salt and you go through your home and in every corner of that home, you sprinkle salt in the, four, in the corners of every part of that house. Uh, of course, everything got worse for her. Why? Where did you get this ritual from? What does this have to do with the scriptures? Show me, show me. I'm stupid, I'm ignorant. Show me in the Bible where this is used as a protocol to run devils. So you see why when you don't know the rules, that's why you have to study to show yourself approved. A lot of you are depending on Mr. Isaiah here or Mr. Me or whoever. Don't depend on us. You follow the rules, you take what we say, go back to the Bible to prove it, and you follow what that Bible says, because at the end of the day, if you are going against the rules, whether you're doing it ignorantly or knowingly, trust me, the enemy have every right to come and shut you down. So the curses on your life, never witchcraft curse there, and of course the evidence of that witchcraft curse is the consistency of negativity, rejection. Uh, delays in your life can't get promoted, women cannot get pregnant for their husbands, uh, financial disasters, these are not blessings, these are curses, but the question is, how, why, why is this happening to me? So the scriptures has told us, he says, now when we dismiss the laws of God, when we uh, substitute them for the kingdom of darkness uh, remedies, he says, not only shall these curses come upon us, they will now overtake us, Right? And he goes on to say in verse 16 of Deuteronomy 28. Cursed shall thou be in the city, curse shall thou be in the field, curse shall thou be in thy basket and thy storehouses, curse shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flock of thy sheep. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in, and curse shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee curses, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thy hand to do until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly. Why? because of the wickedness of thy doing whereby what is the wickedness sir did i murder no did i kill no because of the wickedness of thy doing whereby thou hast forsaken me that's what he called wickedness he didn't label wickedness as the fornicator the liar the adulterer the adulteress the murderer no your wickedness is the mere fact that you reject the word of god and you now seek saint and witchcraft and voodoo and all this foolishness as your form of protection. Now you're shocked that all of these things are happening to you. So I'm saying to people out there right now, if you are attacked by sorcery, if you are being challenged and manipulated in your mind by voodoo, before you go and harass people, before you go to God and say, Lord, please take this off me, ask, Lord, what is in my life? Maybe it's an ex-husband you never forgot. Maybe it's a sister or brother you don't speak to, a mother. Whatever This bitterness, unfor- what is it in your life? What is giving this spirit, what is giving sleep paralysis? This demon to come and sit on you and call you down and harass you every night. Why are you hearing these voices? Why are these things happening to you and you're a child of God? You preach every Sunday, you backflip somersault, do the cabbage patch, all those foolishness you do, but yet... The minute you get home, nighttime, you hear cracks in the roof. Okay? Uh, strange stuff. You feel evil presence, stuff moving your bed. Sometimes you're already laying in the bed and you feel this shocking in your body. Why are these things happening to you, child of God? How is it that voodoo and obeah and santeria have this effect on you? Why? Don't, again, it doesn't matter who's doing it. Why is it happening to you why and these are the questions now that you know okay God definitely reveal to me father father what is it and for the most part you know what it is you know you know what you're involved in. you cannot many people come to me and they say Kevin I want you to pray for me because I know so and so but yet you 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 living with someone you're not married to come on let's be real you 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 you're an alcoholic what 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 prayer you want me to tell God Oh, Father God, I want you to deliver to me, Lord. Lord, he's a fornicator and alcoholic, but put that on the side right now for Jesus. Just take the voodoo off him so he can be more healthy when he fornicate and do nonsense in the future. What, what kind of prayer do you want me to pray for you? I have, I have literally laid out to you, you have to remove the sin. You have to remove the iniquity. You have to, why? Write the scripture down. Uh, Psalm 66 verse 18. It says, if we regard iniquity in our heart, God will not hear us. So here it is. You came to Kevin. Kevin, pray for me. But you're adamant that you're not going to marry this girl. You're going to just waste her time and fornicate with her as long as you live. But you want me to pray this witchcraft off of you. According to Psalm 66 and 18, God will not hear you or me. You're asking God, God, I don't want to follow your rules. I'm not interested in following no commands. All I want is this voodoo offer me. So I could be sound in my mind when I consume my alcohol, fornicate, and do all these things. That's what you're saying. Uh, 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 Proverbs 28 verse 13. It says, he that hides his sin shall not prosper. Again, the throne of iniquity forged their mischief by law. Let me let him come to Kevin and tell Kevin all the wrong that's happening to him. But I don't want him to tell Kevin the wrong that he's doing to other people. But I want him to tell Kevin, pray for him. Now, I pray for you and nothing happened for you. And you come up with Kevin ain't nothing happened to me. Why? Because he that hid his sin, you told me all the evil that people have done to you. But you said nothing about what you're doing. God is watching. Don't worry about what I know god is watching and he says because of your hidden sin according to the law according to the rule the bible says you shall not prosper so this is where satan come in, using the same rules well god god you can't stop me Evan you hiding the sin mary hiding the sin i know they're up on this pulpit preaching and doing a bunch of foolishness and swinging about and screaming and shouting but i know the secret sin so i satan have the right to oppress them so that their efforts and enterprises will never come to fruition. And God, you cannot stop me because this is your law. You said your word cannot return unto you void. You said that you have placed your word above your name. Heaven and earth shall pass away before one tittle of your word pass, Lord. So come on, you can't be favour away. This is your rules. So what I'm saying to you is very simple. This is all about laws. This is all about rules. This, this deliverance is about the application of the knowledge of the word of God. Yes, there are cases where you cast out devils and they speak in the people and all this other stuff. And these are very extreme cases. What I'm saying to you, the premises of all deliverance is predicated on the knowledge of God. The deliverance minister and whoever should be applying the knowledge, the laws, the rules, the, 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 the knowledge of God. Because the scriptures is very clear. Proverbs 11 verse 9b. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. So if I I don't know knowledge, what what am I using to eradicate this force? Secondly, I must also know the rules whereby, okay, even if I get this witchcraft off of them and be successful there, and this is why knowledge is important, what else, what other knowledge needs to be uh, conveyed here so this person could stay on the right track? And and just to back this up, let's go to Matthew 12. Uh, verses 43 to 45. Okay? Because we're going to see some more rules here as it relates to uh, the spiritual warfare. So Matthew 12, verse 43 says, Jesus speaking again, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, this unclean spirit walked into excuse me dry places seeking rest excuse me, and finds none. Then he, which is the unclean spirit, okay, Said, I will return into my house, which was the former human host that he once possessed. He said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, and find it in empty, swept and garnished, and go with he and take with him seven more. So the scripture has given us some more rules. Okay, we were able to defeat witchcraft in this person. We were able to eradicate it. But remember that does not change the law of uh, psalms 94 verse 20 where the enemy or the throne of iniquity forged their iniquity by laws so the spirit says okay you 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 play it right you got me out i have to leave it isn't a matter of me staying i have to leave so the spirit goes out of you the person was delivered so does that mean i go back to what i used to do in terms of sin no because you're you're you're, you're eradicating this evil spirit because clearly you're following a protocol of scriptures to cause it to remove, be removed from you. So the Bible now speaks of the spirit as a being, not a mist of air. Because it says here that when an evil spirit is cast out of a person, it walks through dry places. It walks, it secrets, it gets tired. And it finds none. It has intelligence. It says, well, let me, you know what's in it? I can't find nobody else to possess. Let me go back to where I formerly came from. It it, it has intelligence. It gets back there. But this person is still maintaining their deliverance. That's beautiful. But the purpose, they're not upgrading their deliverance. Two different things. To maintain, to (coughs) upgrade, sorry. It's entirely different. So you're still reading the Bible. You're, You're still at square one. When you were delivered which is good as long as you were only dealing with that spirit that was originally removed from you but this intelligent spirit says hey i don't have to put up with this let me go get some reinforcement let me go get some spirits that are far greater than me i don't care about who's going to have power in you sir we just need to get back in so he goes back and because this person is not upgrading and this is where the the the, 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 the pastor should shoulder this responsibility upgrading the people who were delivered are you telling them hey you need to begin fasting now you need to make this a part of your discipline you need to go deep into the scriptures you need to work with your own salvation you need to study and show yourself reproof. not trying to get people to worship you not trying to get people to stay in your church not threaten them not that foolishness we need to empower you because this evil spirit is going to get reinforcement so do you know the rules to keep him out Do you know the rules when your co-workers who have done witchcraft on you, and you finally find out, and then you went and get it broken? Did you continue to upgrade? Because these co-workers, of course, they're going to upgrade their evil. Are you prepared for that? So what I'm saying to you, deliverance isn't about the deliverance minister or the deliverance preacher. This here is a joint effort but primarily most of it is levied on the victim that he or she after deliverance must now upgrade how they were delivered they, they're maintaining it but you must now upgrade it you must commit to uh, prayer and fast especially fasting as a part of your discipline diet diet jesus told uh, us in uh, matthew uh, 17 21 i think it is he said this kind will only come out through prayer and fasting This kind or class or level of demonic power, which is far greater than the lesser ones, will not come out by prayer alone. Your prayer is a waste of time in this specific case. He's saying now, you must now incorporate fasting to this prayer to shut the spirit down. What if you don't know that? What are you going to do? Oh, I have to speak to Isaiah right now. I have to call Kevin right now. Oh, I have... Listen to me carefully, and I know you get upset when I say these things. This is why a lot of you are in the position today. We are your teachers. We are your guide. We are constantly directing you to the rules. We are not God. We are not Jesus. We are not the rules. The same thing we're asking you to go and upgrade on is the same place we have to go to upgrade. And anybody who is making themselves or putting themselves in the place of Christ as if they delivered you, as if they set you free, and not the Holy Spirit in them that used them only as a vessel to execute what God wanted, you got a problem here. of a major problem. So I'm saying to you tonight, in order to defeat witchcraft, number one, get your life together. That's whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. Check you, look at you, okay? If you claim to be a believer of Jesus Christ, are you following the rules? If you are not a believer of Jesus Christ, then you need to meet the, the initial prerequisite. You have to accept Jesus Christ, which is the only way you can be reconciled to God and become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Once you would have done this now, you begin to study to show yourself approved. You now begin to work out your own salvation. Basically, they're saying work out your own deliverance. And that's going to come through getting the knowledge of God. I say to you all the time, when I was delivered from all of the witchcraft and the depression and the suicidal thoughts and all of that stuff, no preacher laid a hand on me. No preacher cast the devil out of me. And I didn't realize I was doing it then, but I followed the rules. I was committed to fasting, committed to prayer, committed to isolating myself and concentrating, consecrating on the things of God. I didn't need nobody to tell me that. I was desperate. I wasn't seeking no other God. I wanted the God who did it for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the rest of them. I'm sure he could do it for me. And he delivered me and catapulted me to where I am right now. So I'm not discounting any preacher. I'm not trying to talk down to any preacher. I'm saying to you, the same preacher whom God has gifted to deliver people, you could do that same thing if you commit yourself to the laws of God. Very, very simple. I'm going to end with this. Job, I'm showing you the manipulation of the kingdom of darkness and forging their laws. And I think I gave you this example the last time I spoke with you guys, right? Let me go to Job. Job chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Very, very important scriptures here. Because when you don't know the rules and the laws of the scripture, like most people, 99% of them, they look at Job as a victim. Okay? Here it is, two spiritual beings, all right? God and Satan discussing the life of Job. And God began to brag on Job how he was perfect and complete and he assured evil and all this other stuff. So you as the reader, when you're reading this, you saying, boy, Job never sinned. No, no, he did sin. There was only one perfect person, and that was Jesus Christ. But when it used the word perfect, and if you read it in the context in which it's saying, because right afterwards it said that he made sacrifices for his children and so on to atone for their sins and whatever the case may be. So Satan says to God, the only reason why this man is serving you the way that he is is because, I think it's Job 1 verse 10, you have a hedge of protection around him. So there's an invisible force that we all as believers have around us as long as we commit to the rules of God, such as in Job's case, right? So God says to Satan, okay, you could, you could attack his finances, but watch the laws now, but you cannot kill him. And this scripture alone shows us the power of the Almighty. Why couldn't uh, Satan just disobey God and kill Job? He couldn't because the Almighty word is law and Satan knows this. Anyway, Satan attacked him. Uh, Job lost his ten children. He lost all of his wealth. Everything broke down on him. But Job, didn't, Job still not succumb to the pressures in which the enemy, that God allowed the enemy to inflict upon him. So so far in this case, you have to ask yourself, if Job was such an upright man and all of this other stuff, then how could God break his laws and allow a man who is perfect seemingly in his ways to be afflicted by the evil powers of the devil? So in Job chapter 2 now, Satan comes back to God because obviously he failed when he took Job's wealth. So Satan said to God, well, hey, if you take this man's health, if you challenge any human being health, watch how quick he will curse you. Watch God's laws again. He say, okay, I will allow you to afflict him, but you cannot kill him. End the story. So of course, Satan, through the tentacles that he used, sickness, disease, all this other stuff, and begin to afflict Job to the extent, I think the Bible described him as having sores all over his body, and he was at one point scraping the sores off of him. It was so egregious. His own wife said to him, "Brother, you might as well just curse God and die." He said to a woman, "You speak like a foolish woman. Same God that was good to us and all that He gave us in the past is the same God I will serve now." And the Bible said, "Job's rent or tore his clothing and drop on the ground as a broke man, full of sores, sick, everything, and worship his God." Now we get to chapter three because now we begin to see at what God was giving Satan the permission to do, God wasn't violating his laws. In fact, everybody was in right standing for this whole scene to play out, right? So we drop to uh, Job chapter 3. Let's just turn it quickly. Let's go to Job chapter 3 and verse 25. And it says here very clearly, this is Job speaking now. He said, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, uh-huh, and that which I was afraid of was come unto me. What? Hold on. What are you saying here now? So all along, Job seemed to be the victim. What did the enemy use against him? What did the enemy use in terms of the law to get Job to agree with for God to allow Satan to do what he did? Because if Job was really living the way we thought he was, then it shouldn't have been much problems going on here. Now, it says that what he greatly feared Now, when we read that, we think nothing of it if we don't know what fear is and the rules that surround fear, right? Let's read it again, Job 3, verse 25. Job says, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. That which I was afraid of has come unto me. Job, what did you greatly fear? Okay, let's look at what has come upon me. You've become very sick. Your wife turned on you. Your children all are dead. Uh, you, you have no wealth, you broke like the Ten Commandments. That's what has happened to you. But he says, for the thing which I have greatly feared has come upon me. So you're telling me all this time you were making these sacrifices for your children and doing the atonement for the forgiveness of sins and all these other things. You're telling me you still had in the back of your mind all of these fears and so on? Well, based on what I'm reading here. And why is this a problem? Well, let's look at some more rules so we can make sense of this. Okay, so let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, because he keeps talking about this thing that he greatly feared and this fear has come upon him. So let's see what he's talking about. So the Bible says here, we're looking at rules now, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God had not given us the spirit of, hold on, back up, the spirit of fear. Fear is an entity. Fear is a being. So he wasn't saying, oh, my feeling, I was afraid that they would die. You see you see he ignorantly came in agreement with the spirit of fear that eventually manifested itself in his life he said the thing i greatly feared has come upon me and that which i was afraid of has now come to me so the bible is telling us the rules this would we look at these are the rules What are you fearing? And many of you listening to me right now, you are fearful. You are filled with anxiety and panic attack. The enemy is doing this because he wants you to succumb and agree with what you fear. He wants you to speak it because he understands that death and life still resides in the power of the tongue. He understands that a man shall eat good or even bad by the fruit of his lips. He understands that if you decree a thing, it shall be established. Again, Psalms 94 verse 20. Shall we have any affiliation with the throne of iniquity? No! Because the throne of iniquity forged their mischief by these same laws. How? By getting you to break them. The subtle way. He said he did not give us the spirit of fear. So what did he give you? He gave us power, love, and soundness of mind. And what are the what What is the initial things that the spirit of witchcraft attacks when it comes upon you? Power, love, soundness of mind. And when you see that go, that means fear rules it. Because fear, which are the foot soldiers to the kingdom of darkness, well, they the soldiers that come to open the door to your life, if you agree. Okay, now you could come poverty, now you could come confusion, now you could come backwardness, and all of these other things. Let's look at some more rules as it relates to fear. Let's go to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, verse 25. Proverbs 29, verse 25. Listen to what it says. The fear of man bringeth a trap, a, a snare, which really means a trap. So it's saying that fear, okay, is basically setting a trap for you to fall in. That is to agree with it. So every time you say, I fear getting cancer or... Oh, uh, all of these negative things that you constantly say. And it's so amazing, you know, because I've had Christians who would say to me all the time, oh, now you got to be careful what you say. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And right after they would have told you that, it got some negative junk they just spewing right back at you. And this is how, you know, a lot of people just say stuff. They don't really believe it. They don't really... They just say it because say, I can quote the scripture and I actually remember that and I'm just going to throw the scripture on you to make it a part of the conversation. But I don't really believe it. I, I don't really subscribe to it, but I can say it anyhow. They don't realize this is a rule. This is a law. This is a principle. So our brother Job, who appeared to be a victim initially, was not a victim. And God allowed those things in his life, not arbitrarily, because there was a right to through his face. I'm saying to you if when it comes to witchcraft the first thing you need to do is deal with your affairs. I don't care what you hear moving in the house, I don't care what's shaking your bed, you rise up like a child of God and declare the word of God. No matter how fearful you may be, you don't subscribe to what they're trying to do and make you fearful. Why do you think you have the nightmares and you see these things through the corner of your eye or you see demons? Why are they always ugly with scattered teeth? Why? Because the the whole idea is to get you fearful. The whole idea is to make you sign on to the contract of fear when the truth is you're signing on with a devil. You're coming in covenant with the spirit of fear now they could run their course up in your life. But how would you know that if you don't know the rules? Mm. How? You wouldn't know that. You need to know the rules. You, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ or if you on this line and you plan to give your life to God tonight and I hope that you would do that, the first thing you need to deal with is your fears and the only way that that can be elevated is through the, the written and the spoken word of the living God. You, you, you have to take it from that perspective, right? So let's go to this last scripture, Proverbs chapter three, we're gonna read from verse 25 to verse 26. Proverbs chapter three, we're gonna read from verse 25 to verse 26. I love this one right here. And it says here, it says, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Okay, talking to the believers now. Don't be distracted, don't be fearful like now. There's so many people dying from corona that we know friends, loved ones, famous people, not so famous. And it is almost the inevitable that you become fearful. Now, the enemy now is using that tool of fear, the spirit of fear, against the unbeliever in particular, because now, even though the unbeliever still would not give his or her life to the Lord, believe me when I tell you this, because I used to be one of them on an ongoing basis thinking about death because you realize you're no different from your neighbor across the street who died from covid from your uncle who died from covid your mother your brothers a couple family members you are no different you could contract this thing also and, and meet your demise as a result of it so for the unbeliever he or she is even more fearful but this is crazy because clearly they're not fearful enough to give their life to the lord because you know if you die in the state that you're in not knowing Christ, whether you believe in hell or heaven, whether you believe in God or not, the inevitable is the inevitable. And your final destination without knowing Jesus Christ is an eternal uh, place of torment. For the believer, the believer must always have his or her confidence, whether you're being attacked by witchcraft or not, in God. Because in the 26th voice of the same scripture, proverbs 3 it says for the lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken so the believer should always be repeating scriptures like this building and concreting their confidence in god no matter what's going on around them They must be fully cognizant that god is keeping me god is god is protecting his investment and what he has in me to give to this world it's a certain time that I have, you and know, I ain't going no time soon. That is where your confidence is. You must come from around people who's always speaking about death and, and sad and, and grievous stuff. You don't need to be around that. Get away from that. Focus on the Word of God. Build your spirit, man, by constantly reading the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, listening to worship music. Build your spirit, man. Get that junk. Do stuff different. Stop doing stuff You know, funerals are some of the most interesting places to me because funerals is the first place I see where there's already a sad occasion and now you're playing all these sad songs. Listen to me. If you have life and if you are not saved, right now you have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. And accepting Jesus Christ, you have a whole arsenal of defense against every satanic attack, which you may be a witch or warlock listening to me right now. I know there are some covenants that you made in those covens, those witchcraft places, and they told you that this covenant is eternal with Satan or what have you. They are liars. The Bible says where there is life, that there is hope. What that means is that you could renounce that junk right now and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And yes, things are going to get worse because those devils that once control you are going to fight for their territory. But the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also resides in you. The Bible is very clear that he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your... There are there are a myriad of rules not suggestions, laws, not suggestions, are uh, uh, commands to protect you. Satan is lying to you. The St. Goma is lying to you. Whatever they gave you to bury on your property, whatever they tell you to wear on your person, whatever they told you to drink, all of these things will lessen your tenure here. All of these things are, you are literally putting spirits and demons in you through the liquids you drank, the food you ate, the ceremonies that you perform. Listen to me here. Yeah? There is no such called friendship between demons and humans. That's the bottom line. The bottom line is they are going to get their agenda. Think about it. No demon, no devil will ever have a chance to go into the kingdom of God. Will never go to heaven. There's nothing temp for them to repent or God to forgive them. So why would they be helping you? Why is someone who is condemned for eternity is assist you? It has to be something in it for them. They must be using you. So for those of you who are listening to me, the witches, the warlocks, those who are dabbling in witchcraft, whatever you're doing, this is the moment for you to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not on this line by accident tonight. You are on this line for give, God wow. giving you another chance to get it right, another chance to shut down these things in your life and begin to change the trajectory of your life. And not just you, but your future generation so that this... E- you have planted do not fall upon them mm. i don't know what i'm talking to tonight but you need to get it right you may be listening to me for the last time why because wow. your your tenure here could be a f- few minutes away your tenure tomorrow could be the day that your entire physical life come to an abrupt end it doesn't have to be COVID. it could be anything else but what i'm saying to you god is affording you the opportunity he says it is not his desire that any should perish but that all should come to repentance he says that he shine on the just and the unjust god is a fair god giving you the fair chance in life to make it right there's only one way to the father and that's through his son jesus christ and i'm begging you like the apostle paul said i am beseeching you tonight make your election sure get it right with jesus christ you cannot take the car the money the boyfriend the husband the wife the good job the ceo position all of those things will be for for the fire in the end you cannot take that that there's nothing in there to qualify you for the kingdom all your years of practicing sorcery witchcraft manipulating the lives of other people yeah you've done some wrong but listen god has put a law in place a rule that if you accept jesus christ he's willing to expunge all of what you have done for you to make it right in life, to do the right things, to make up for the wrongs that you have done. It is totally up to you right now. I am begging you. I am asking you to get it right in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth
0: so good man so so good i'm just over here chewing i'm getting rocked i think what you said was so good about a lot of believers don't realize that they're open they open themselves up to witchcraft and so they're saying yes. why is this happening why is this going on and many maybe you're in the chat there's 4200 of you many of you would say I would never practice witchcraft but what you don't realize and i just want to like just seal something that you said is that when you rebel against the word or the will of god you open yourself up to witchcraft and a lot of us Mm -hmm. don't realize we've opened ourselves up if you look at in first samuel 15 when samuel told saul you need to kill everything and he didn't first samuel 15 23 says for rebellion is as The sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, what was Saul doing? Saul didn't obey the word of God. And guys, you have to understand when you don't obey the word of God and you don't play, I love how you broke it down, by the rules, then you're opening Mm -hmm. yourself up to demonic powers. So what he's saying is this, witchcraft will make you think You can sacrifice your way out of disobedience because he said you have to understand that obedience, that God is looking for obedience, not sacrifice. So some of you right now might be living in disobedience, but God says, I don't want you to keep sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing. I want you to obey my word. I want you to obey what I'm saying because if you don't, You're opening up the door. And I love what he says here, stubbornness is idolatry. Now we know in the church, no one would bring an idol to the altar and bow before it, but he says, when you're stubborn, and maybe I'm preaching to someone in the chat that you've heard this for the last hour, and you've been stubborn saying, I don't wanna get right with God. I don't wanna get my life together. I don't wanna close these doors. I don't wanna stop dabbling in whatever it is I'm dabbling in. He says, that's idol worship. That's idolatry. Stubbornness to God is idolatry. And so I really believe tonight, many of you might say, I would never go see a medium. Well, if you look at Saul, Saul went to to consult with a medium because he lost his connection with God. If you look at the end of Saul's life, he ended up turning to a medium who used, the Bible says, a familiar spirit to gain information. She used a spirit to summon up Samuel. And if you go to, I just want to touch on this before we close. 1 Samuel 28 6 it says and when Saul inquired of the Lord the Lord answered him not neither by dreams nor by prophets then Saul said to his servant so now here you have Saul who can who can't connect with God like many of you you go to a church where there's no Holy Ghost there's no fire of God there's no connection there there's no move of the spirit maybe you don't pray you don't fast as minister Kevin said you don't read and so here's what Saul does he says I'm gonna go to a medium to try to inquire in the supernatural realm no. and maybe you've been to a medium maybe you've been to a fortune teller maybe you've been to a psychic because you felt like you couldn't connect with god and we are here to tell you tonight that you don't need to go to angel cards come on you don't need to go to tarot cards no. you don't need no. to go to mediums you don't need to go to ouija no. board that you have direct access to god through the blood of jesus and so in first samuel 28 saul is going to now tell his servants seek a woman that has a familiar spirit because if you don't know mediums use familiar spirits to gain access and information without the demon they have no power if you go to acts chapter 16 paul delivered a girl of spirit of divination she's lost her power now because the demon's gone so here's what saul does this is god's anointed king that fell from from right. his anointing he says go find a woman this is in 1 samuel 28 that has a familiar spirit then i might go and inquire now what's interesting was saul had put away all the witches Saul had gotten rid of like many of you you got rid of all this but now you're going back into it because you feel as if you've lost your connection with god and i want to tell you that you don't need a witch you don't need a a a crystal ball a horoscope you don't need to get into astrology to try to connect with god that you can connect with god in the spirit tonight as we pray god wants to speak to you directly so he put away all the witches they're all in hiding now and now he's going to find a witch to try to summon Samuel. Samuel's already dead at this point, but he's going to try to find a witch. This is all in your Bible. Some of you are like, this is crazy, but you don't read the Bible. That's why it's crazy <laughs> to you. But then the woman replied this. She says this to Saul. Who is it that I should bring up for you? And then this is Saul's response. Bring up Samuel. And then in verse 12, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out loudly, saying to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are mm-hmm. Saul, the king said to her. And then he responds, Do not be afraid. What have you seen? And the woman replied, I've seen a divine being coming okay. up from the ground. And then he said to her, What about his appearance? She said, It's an old man coming up out of the ground. He's wrapped in a robe. And then Saul realized it was Samuel and he bowed his face toward the ground and kneeled. Verse 15, Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up saul replied i'm terribly troubled the philistines are fighting against me and god has turned from me so here you here you have a guy who's he saw samuel already told him that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft Mm -hmm. what did he do he rebelled now he's at the end of his life giving into the spirit of witchcraft why many of you have given into witchcraft is because you felt like you've lost your connection now here's what he says and he says God does not answer me anymore and I came to tell somebody that God wants to answer you that you might have turned to witchcraft because you felt God is not answering you but God wants to answer you so he says he did not answer me not by the prophets nor by dreams so I've called you to see what I should do and Mr Kevin this is what you just told us tonight we're going to salt and burning sage and we're going to satanic things to try to seek God when you don't need now we just did a service um two weeks ago and if you would have told me that tarot cards angel cards were popular in the church I would have said you're crazy well we had three groups minister Kevin come to our service at the church and they were doing angel cards and tarot cards at the church in the front tables and they were mad that we stopped them they were like don't you believe in the Bible is it why is this wrong see people are going to witchcraft other means because they've lost their connection with God and then verse 16 why are you asking me now that the Lord has turned away from me and has become your enemy the Lord has done this is what Samuel says the Lord has done exactly what I prophesied the Lord has torn the kingdom from your hand and has given it to your neighbor David since you did not obey the Lord this is a word for you and did not carry out his anger against the Amalekites the Lord has done this thing to you today verse 19 the Lord will hand you and Israel over to the Philistines and this is just summarizing because you said this the Lord is the one that hands you over because you open the door and these tomorrow both you and your sons will be with me the Lord will also hand the army of Israel over to the Philistines so here's what you have to see now in uh, first Chronicles 10 13 14 tells us it tells us about the death of Saul this is what it says first Chronicles chapter 10 verse 13. so Saul died this is Saul who inquired of the witch all this for his transgressions which he committed against the lord even against the word of the lord which he had kept not and also for asking the counsel of one the witch of endor who had a familiar spirit to inquire of it and inquired not of the lord therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom to david so the punishment saul had because he didn't obey the word of god was the lord allowed him to die in his transgressions for sinning against the lord so right. you have to realize leviticus nine thirty one regard them not that have familiar spirits it's talking about mediums neither seek after wizards this is your Bible y'all not seek wizards do not be defiled by them I'm the Lord your God so the Bible commands us don't get involved in witchcraft this is not a game y'all now I know there's a lot of you on the channel that you're not Christian and you find our channel because you're into cards and readings and angel cards and angel boards and mystery readings and handwriting analysis and all the garbage that you're in But I want to tell you that it's dangerous, that this is against the word of God, the will of God, and these things will kill you. This is not a joke because the devil wants you in this. He wants you to rebel. And so I want to really, just to reiterate what you've been saying, I want to really blow the trumpet, guys. This is not a game. What minister Kevin's been preaching on, this is a real reality that the body of Christ has opened up themselves to witchcraft. They've opened up themselves to the power of the enemy, that witchcraft has infiltrated the church, Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. So this is Paul writing to a church and that word bewitch means cast an evil spell. Paul is saying somebody has come in the church and has cast a spell on you. And now you've, the cross has been obscured. So tonight I believe the Lord wants to break you out. I believe the Lord wants to deliver you. I know we're an hour and a half in here. I believe there's freedom minister. Kevin, you preach such a powerful, just amazing word on the rules of the kingdom that if you open the door satan is going to come through he's not going to play fair because you think well i'm protected because i'm a christian but if you open the door satan will come through so we need to break out of this i would love for you to um before we end it here there's 4,300 people in the chat this is the most important part right now because we're going to pray for you guys and we're going to break this off those of you that are dealing with witchcraft maybe honestly i don't even believe it's just breaking witchcraft it's breaking disobedience Those of you need to pray and you need to repent and say, Lord, I need your blood. I need your power. I need your anointing. I need you to break witchcraft off of me, which is rebellion, because I am rebellious. you got to come to a place, friend, where you admit it. I was rebellious for 19 years and the Lord broke rebellion off of me. You need to ask him, Lord, I need help. I'm an idol worshiper. This is the big idol here. Look, it's not the altar of Zeus or Diana or the goddess of Aphrodite. It's the phone. This is the idol that many of us worship. And you need to say, Lord, I'm tired of bowing down before idols. It's stubbornness. Maybe it's stubbornness. Stubbornness is idolatry. And tonight, I believe as we pray, the Lord's going to change something in you. Maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. And we're not talking about, oh, pray a prayer and repeat Jesus coming to your heart. No, we're talking about the Lord coming into your life and changing everything you repenting acts two thirty eight. repent of your sin and then be saved you got to repent friend there's no way around it you need to repent of, of witchcraft if you've been in tarot cards fortune telling angel cards angel boards destiny cards destiny boards I don't care what you call them they're all demonic they're all divination and God wants to deliver you and god wants to heal you so minister kevin if you would pray us pray us out here and we're just going to believe that god would break this, this this disobedience off of you guys there's some thousands literally thousands of you here and i believe god wants to set many of you free tonight beautiful
1: <sighs> i think we lost connection
0: can you hear me okay can you get up awesome
1: <clears throat> heavenly father we thank you we thank you this for morning. an awesome night we thank you for your grace your mercies we thank you for your loving kindness we thank you father god because we believe that you have ordained this moment right here before the foundation of the world therefore father god we come in agreement right now that your will and your will alone be done and that every form of opposition and distraction that the enemy would attempt to send at this particular moment this particular time to distract those whom you have tuned in to listen to this program father i pray right now particularly for those who do not know you as lord and savior those who are on the fence right now those who are convicted right now your word declares lord that a broken heart and a contrite spirit you will never despise. So I pray, and I come in agreement with them right now that they would give their life right where they are on that couch right now, sitting in that chair, lying in that bed right now, sitting at their office, in the car, wherever they're watching this, by whatever uh, technology means, father it is my prayer that they come to know you as lord and savior that they will confess to you that they are a sinner who need a savior and that they are willing to follow the protocols that your son jesus christ is the only means to get to you in order for us to be reconciled with you so i pray that they'll make that decision right now i pray for those father god who were once involved in witchcraft involved with the paraphernalia of witchcraft such as angel cards tarot cards you name it whatever they were told to do to remove curses hex spells whatever even to project them on other people you said in your word first john one and nine you said if we confess our sins that you are faithful and just to forgive us of them and to cleanse us of not some but all unrighteousness you said that it is not your desire that any should perish but that all should come to repentance according to your word of, according to the word of god therefore father god i pray right now lord that those who are willing those who are concretely are determined in their heart that, Lord, I've had enough. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being at the back of the line. I'm tired of the frustration. I'm tired of the fears. I'm tired of wondering if I die, I know I'm going to go to hell. But right now, Lord, I want to make the decision right now to get my life right. For Lord, I want to be the rewriter of my generation. I want to change the trajectory of my future generations, Lord, by making my commitment now. Because you said that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Father, I pray everyone under the sound of my voice who are affected by witchcraft from a generational perspective we break that power right now we pray lord that you would overthrow every evil altar every evil sacrifice to silence every evil voice speaking against the destiny of these people lord i pray that you will divorce them from these evil claims these evil covenants that the ancestors has put in place. Your word declares in Leviticus 26 verse 40 that we must repent of the sins, the iniquities, and the transgressions of our ancestors. So therefore I bind my faith with their faith right now, Father God. And we come in agreement standing according to your word in Matthew 18 verse 19 that says wherever two or more of us touching anything on this earth shall ask of your Father in your name, it shall be done to us. So we come in agreement tonight to break the evil covenants Break the evil curses and hexes of our ancestors. The witchcraft, the voodoo, the freemason, the the secret societies. And the evil covenants that they have signed on to which has secured the evil destiny for the current generation. Lord, we reject it in the name of Jesus. We break it by the blood of Jesus, by the power of Christ invested in us according to Galatians 3. according to Galatians three, which said that Christ has become a curse for us. He has now put things in place that to give us the authority under his name to break the bonds of wickedness, to do the un the heavy burdens to remove every yoke and to set the captives free in the name of jesus father i seal them with your blood right now i pray that the angels of the lord will encamp around about them and deliver them out of all their troubles i pray lord now that you would give them a desire to seek more of your word i pray that they would go into the scriptures and study to show themselves approved to now work out their own salvation or even deliverance father god and that you would give them an insatiable desire for your word that they would they would wonder above anything else because your word is very clear And it says, Father God, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be fulfilled, shall be satisfied in the name of Jesus. Lord, begin to restore them of the years that the enemy has stolen from them. Your word is clear according to Proverbs 11 verse 31. And it says that the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. Your word declares in Hebrews 10 and 35. And it says that they must not cast away their confidence. For it is this confidence that shall work for them a great recompense of reward. I silence every voice from every altar. That will come against their lives now that they've given their lives to Jesus Christ. Father God, allow your angels, according to Psalms 91, verses 11 and 12, that you have given charge over them to keep them in all their ways, that they have much as dashed their foot against a stone. It is these same angels that will gather them in their arms. Your word declares, according to Psalms 34, verse 17, that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But you, O Lord, shall deliver him or her out of them all. We believe by favor and the grace of God that the God of all hope, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of Joshua, will protect these people, Lord. Remove the spirit of fear indefinitely and renew their minds so that they will now know what is the acceptable and good will of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. catapult pull them into their destiny right now. Slingshot them to where they should have been right now. Whatever and whomever is working against them, your word declares that vengeance belong to you lord and you will repay it is our job as believers of jesus christ and especially those of you who are coming on board now that we are to bless those that curse us and pray for those that despitefully use us and say all manner of things against us everyone under the sound of my voice who is representing their families tonight father god i pray that the spirit of the holy ghost will move throughout the course of every lineage and make the wrongs right lord break the covenants break the evil contract everything that the enemy had legal ground lord to invade their lives and to continue with this pattern of negativity in terms of generational curses Father, uproot that evil altar, uproot whatever covenant it is, cause it to be dissolved in the realm of the spirit by the power of Jesus Christ, by the shed blood of Christ right now, Lord. We pray, Father God, that the spirit of the living God will rise up in these people, a spirit of boldness and courage and might, a spirit of wisdom, knowledge and understanding, a spirit of revelation and that you would open up their eyes so that they could see what they have never seen before open up their ears so that they can hear what they never hear before. You've said to those who are exclusive to the body of Christ for it has been given unto them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of the living God. So I pray right now Lord that you would now impute into their spirit right now everything that they need going forward so that now when the challenges come they will be fully equipped with the laws, the rules, the principles, the ordinance and the precepts of the living God in the name of Jesus. Finally Lord we seal this prayer according to your word that says whatsoever things we desire when we pray we must believe that we have received it and we shall have it in the matchless and in the mighty name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen and
0: amen amen so so powerful minister kevin thank you so much for pouring into our community again our people our people are your people we're one big community and we love you and appreciate you so much what a powerful word guys i'm just i'm getting rocked just like you guys are getting rocked i'm sitting here listening receiving chewing taking notes and it's just a powerful powerful time i have your channel linked down below is there anywhere else that they can follow you that they can find you that they could connect with you as well that you want to just talk about
1: Yes, what they can do. Uh, For those of you just coming on for the first time, uh, you can uh, locate me if you have, I'm sure you have a smartphone, Android, or even Apple phone. You can download Kevin L.A. Ewing Ministries or Kevin L.A. Ewing. You can just download the apps, which will now take you to links to my, I have a blog site, uh, kevinlaewing.blogspot.com. Of course, I also have a YouTube channel. I have five pages on Facebook. Just type in Kevin L.A. Ewing and you will see all of my information right there. You'll have continual access to
0: my information so so good and guys i'm gonna sew into him tonight i'm gonna bless him i know he hasn't asked me for anything but i want to challenge many of you to give to sow. statistically one to two percent of our viewers give so be a part of the one to two percent that don't dine and dash because i want to bless him so if you do give and you can write on there it doesn't actually matter whether you write or not because i'm going to give him more than you guys send in with your his name on it because i do want to bless this ministry we love you man we appreciate you thank you so thank much you. again for being on the podcast and i'll text you right when we get done here so i can make sure i get that to you tonight thank you so much all mr right. kevin thank you all right Bye-bye. god bless you have a good night what an amazing broadcast another one in the books guys powerful powerful time he just poured out I'm just receiving some of you like where did you go I was right there listening the whole time I just know a lot of you watching your cell phone so I figure instead of having him on a little port of your screen we could blow him up to the full screen and so just a powerful powerful amazing time so much revelation on witchcraft and one of the things I love that he talked about was we have to stop putting you know the enemy did this the enemy did that and realize like we're the ones opening the door to this stuff we're the ones opening the door to these demonic spirits allowing people to curse us and put spells on us and attack us when we open the door so man can we get some ones in the chat the links to give are on screen they're in the comments again 4,300 people on here I know many of us can do something if you can't afford to give don't feel obligated please don't give your last ten dollars you don't please don't miss you can't pay the water bill because you gave to the ministry please those of you that can't afford give give those that can't don't feel obligated all of our content is free we appreciate all of you if you're new we do have a monthly partnership option if you want to sew into the ministry you'll get 70 sermons 25 percent off the merch store and we have our partners called tomorrow tonight i'll go on my facebook instagram and youtube and i'll make sure i send all of you that are monthly part that are monthly partners that didn't get the email Comment on that post and I'll send you it manually. So I did send the email out today. If you're a monthly partner, check your email, check your spam box because tomorrow night is our monthly partner call where we go over numbers and just do Q&A. It's not a preaching. It's not a teaching. It's nothing that you guys can't, you know, we're not putting any paywalls. It's just to share with all of you that give monthly what we're doing. And yes, amazing, amazing time. Amazing teaching. Love having them on it's, it's amazing guys. Sometimes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the revival lifestyle podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.